What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It is the only sports podcast. I'm Will. That's Casino over there. Uh, how you doing today, Casino? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. It's uh, my favorite day of uh, May. Everybody's always about May the 4th. Be with you. I'm I'm more of a Sith. So uh, I've always said that about you. So yeah, Revenge of the, I mean, revenge of the Sith. I'm, I'm, or fifth. I'm, I'm a Sith Lord and fifth but it's great um uh but uh so when do we ship off just curious we are actually shipping when's, off when's right the now voyage? the maiden voyage is run the ship of of good times having a good time right and i'm the captain of it <laughs> so casino uh, you're my so, first mate so dumb. i just said this yeah <laughs> but, i've gotten rid of uh, mine by the way <laughs> those we we use those for my bachelor party and uh, they're great hats, except mine does not fit my giant head. <laughs> so it just has to sit on the top of it, which makes it look uh, ridiculous. But that's what this show is. We're recording it on Cinco de Mayo, Revenge of the Fifth. Uh, it's going to be a great show, yeah. Casino. We're talking all NBA, NHL playoffs. Also, for those watching on the video, my wife now works from home, so I'm not in the office. I'm at our kitchen table. Got this great clock right here. Uh, the, the colors and the hat and everything, it was like a nautical theme, even though it's like not a yeah. nautical theme. It was kind well, of like one. And this thing behind me says, <laughs> gather here with grateful hearts. You know, just real basic white chick messaging. But that's what with this podcast is all about. Live, laugh, love. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? That's the model for this podcast. Live, laugh, Live, love. Live, laugh, love. Uh, but Fair enough. Uh, so we are from since the last episode, we have to talk about the playoff games. There's been six games that have happened in the NHL, four games that have happened in the NBA. Uh, and really no NFL news. So for what? Second? No. Third? No, second. Second episode second. in a row. Not really any uh, thing to talk about in the NFL. But before we get into the games, Casino, there was a pretty big news story in the NBA that I feel like we should talk about that I wanted your thoughts on. Coach Bud. It. Coach Bud, the... Coach for the Milwaukee Bucks, which led them to their first championship since the 1970s with Giannis a couple seasons ago, has officially been fired. So he gone. He gone, everybody. After that embarrassing loss in the first round of the playoffs against the Heat. Uh, Thoughts on firing a championship winning coach after a bad playoff performance um if he had it back up against the wall for you know at least one of you know a couple of games with Giannis being injured but I struggle with this quick firing of coaches I don't like it in any sport um especially well it's oops sorry especially if they are good at what they did like he was a good coach. He won them a title. He, you know, they were the one seed. Your players still have to perform. You can write up all the schemes you want. You can do all this stuff. I mean, I wasn't, I'm not a coach. So like trying to watch the game and see like, oh, this play was drawn up, this play. And 
this coach did a good job at countering, you know, X, Y, Z as the game went on. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I didn't get it. I didn't and stuff. Yeah. Adjustments. I really didn't see, you know, it's hard for me to tell if he was doing that or not, but he's got a great resume and your team just didn't show up. The team well, didn't show up. I don't know what you can do as a coach when, if you could put your players in the right position and they don't win for you, what can you do? Well, also, like, so the issue with him was obviously, uh, especially we saw this a lot during the Heat Heat series with the Bucks was time management, use of timeouts. Like, in the NBA, you obviously always save your timeouts for either crucial plays or if the other team's just going on a ridiculous run, you use your timeout to kill momentum. So in the series clinching game against the heat he held on to like three of his timeouts going into i believe it was the last game or second to last game when they went into ot so it's like those little things you can obviously shine a spotlight on and be like this made he was a liability in these key moments in a series that they ended up losing right but the issue is, yeah, they lost this series because, like you said, Giannis missed a couple games. Right? He was injury prone. And I mean, you can't go to that. You can't go to that free throw line and, and shoot, you know, and miss fourteen free throws as the coach. Like, come on. So again, like, well, that's you could, exactly the point you, I was going to make. Which is, yeah, sorry. What 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 issue? Uh, was coaching where your best player is scared to get fouled at the end of the game. So he's throwing the ball out of bounds. Like what branch of coaching is that? Because to me, like you're saying, like your best player in a key crucial moment didn't show up. And then you also had that best player absent or injured for one to three games in this series. Like I don't see... Again, if your team's at full staff, full health in this playoff series and you still lose, and the reason you lost is you can point to the timeouts, you can point to like clock, bad clock management and all that kind of stuff, like fair point to get fired. But what, two years removed from a championship and you get beat by, also you get beat by a team that does this all the time, which is the heat where... They underperform during the regular season. And then Jimmy and then Buckets sudden, becomes Jimmy Buckets. <laughs> yeah. In the playoffs, you have one of the most clutch uh, like clutch MVP-type performers in the postseason who does it to your team. Like, this isn't just – yeah, these aren't just, uh, you know, random things that happen. I don't know. But I agree with you. I didn't like when – I didn't like when the Eagles – got rid of Doug Peterson after two years later of, you know, bringing the first championship to Philadelphia. I just think championships should warrant a little more leeway. And yeah, I don't know. And again, they were the number one seed. They were the best team during the regular season. And then I wouldn't even say they choked in the playoffs. They just got outplayed. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's a series and I'll get in, um, get into a little bit in an HL where um, it's going back to the Boston series. Didn't touch on it much. Um, I had an argument with my coworker about it, um, but <laughs> um, coaching, like a lot has to do with coaching. 
you you have to be able to make adjustments in game. But you know, again, I to my eye, you know, I'm not being able to see that. But I'm sure this coach was making adjustments. I'm sure he wasn't just saying, "All right, go out there and play." Um, but you know, that that's my take on it. But you still got when you're you're getting Giannis. You, you know, you're drawing up plays to say Giannis. You know, drive down, get the fouls. He's getting the fouls. He's in the right places where he needs to be. He's just not succeeding in the free throws. He's not making the easy buckets. You know, so so the firing, I have trouble with it. Um, especially just in all sports lately, it's turned into this coaching carousel. Um, NBA yeah. specifically, and, and I think also in the um, NFL, you don't do good half a year in, first year, whatever, you're gone. You're not giving them any time to get a program. I've always said in college football, watching that when um, – or basketball, mostly college football, um, you need to give them at least three years so they can do their recruiting, their system, get the right guys that they want in, completely yeah. change the mind of these players. And then from there, then you can fire them. Yeah. Well, and that, then you also it, have. My, are you fine with it? Are you fine with that the the quick, the quick coaching carousel in almost all sports? Or I think I think you have to. I think all coaching contracts and like owners and organizations should have to stick to this. I think minimum you can give a coach is three years, right? Because first year. You're kind of getting, like you said, getting your players in, kind of implementing your scheme, you know, like kind of using the previous coaches' assets and trying to fit them into the mold that you want your team to be, right? Right. Second year is like, all right, now I should have my players in here. I should have my schemes. You should do better than the first year. But if you don't, it's still like a transitional period. Then the third year... That's where it's like, all my guys are here. This is my scheme. I've built a foundation. Like, now it becomes a thing where it's like, this is my third year. If I don't win or show drastic improvement, then the fourth year is like, did I meet the expectations of what I was hired here to do? Then that's where it's like, you can maybe get, they should start doing it with like how the first round players in the draft get that like fifth year option kind of thing where it's like right. you get the fourth year option where it's like, okay, we went from two wins to four wins to nine wins. And it's like, it's working right. The progression. But then it's like, we were an eight win team. Then we were an eight win team. Now we're a five year team. Then it's like, or a five win team. Then it's like, okay, Clearly, the progression is not worked out. We're moving on, blah, blah, blah. But I just think there needs to be more, like you said, more stability, more longevity. And we've seen, I mean, how switching to football, how important was coaching? Look at the difference between the Denver Broncos, you know, pre and post Russell Wilson. They only got better, but they had a bad coach and they were one of the worst teams in the league. Like now all yeah. of a sudden, if Sean Payton comes in and they win 12 games, like, yeah, it was clearly the coaching. Like, I just think, well, and then for, to get back to coach Bud for the Milwaukee Bucks, if I was him, I'm waiting to see where Wembenyama goes. 
right? Because he's mm, supposed to be the next it. generational talent. You uh, don't rush into getting hired because I'm sure there's going to be, you know, vacancies and availabilities. There always is, but yeah, wait till you see how the draft shakes out and then make your decision because I'd much rather go to the Houston Rockets if they get Wembenyama than go to, you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder when they get like the 10th pick in the draft. And you're like, what is this? But yeah. And from there, we can transition to talking about the first game uh, in the NBA, which is, featuring the team that basically made this coach lose his job, which is the Miami Heat facing the New York Knicks. And almost immediately after the episode was posted, where I said, uh, I don't get why the Knicks want, uh, or why everybody's saying that if Julius Randle comes back to the Knicks, they're going to be a better team. Almost an hour after that episode dropped, Casino. Uh, not only did he play, but he actually had a pretty damn good game and he, oh, I'm on the wrong game. He, good. There it is. Good. so Julius Randall played 38 minutes, had 25 points, 12 rebounds, eight assists. So he made me eat my words. I mean, Brunson is obviously still the star player and backbone of this team. He had 30 points, five rebounds, two assists in 39 minutes. And then you also had RJ Barrett showing up with 24 points, three rebounds, three assists. However, now the series is tied 1-1. This game was without Jimmy Butler. This game ended on a 21-7 run by the Knicks at the end of the game to close it out in what was a tight game, almost until the last, I think it was six minutes when the Knicks went on that run. So now Casido, who in the NBA is one of the best closers in the playoffs and could have maybe assisted this Heat team in closing out the Knicks? Huh. So it's Steph Curry is probably one. Uh, probably number two would be Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Buckets. Uh, yeah. Like... I, I don't know how the fuck you watch this game. And again, I just might be a Knicks hater, but I really have no, in my lifetime, the Knicks have never been relevant. So I have no real opinion on the Knicks. Like, I don't hate them. I don't like them. They've just never been in my basketball life, basically. But Realm, when, like, yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah, like, they're just never in my peripherals, right? It's been, they've just never been a news or when, no I think, when I think of the New York Knicks, the only there's there's two things that I think of when I think of the New York Knicks Knicks um one is um uh, oh my gosh why am I holy crap it came to my head and then went away um uh the guy that's always there Spike Lee the, the director oh my Spike gosh thank Lee. you goodness gracious yes Spike <laughs> yeah. Lee with his big old glasses so that's yeah. one and then the other one is that old movie like Mike where it was the New York Knicks <laughs> Knicks and Bow Wow's doing his thing. You know, yeah. that, that's when I think of the New York Knicks, I don't think of them as being a awesome franchise. Like it's just oh yeah, it's it's Mike Lee and Bow Wow. Woohoo! The New York yeah. Knicks. They I there think you of, have it. Um, I yeah. think of Spike Lee like and Madison Square Garden. That's like literally the only two things. There's not... I don't even think Madison Square Garden. I don't. <laughs> but 
if when you I think, are so, funny enough, when I think Madison Square Garden, half the time I think of that really bad Godzilla movie where the Godzilla was leaving eggs and Madison Square Garden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the yeah, Matthew no, yeah, that's... Broderick uh, Godzilla film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, so I have weird tomorrow in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so tomorrow the series tied one one goes to back to Miami. I don't know how if you're not Miami, you're just oozing confidence that you can win this game without Jimmy Butler in this game, without your three best players playing in Madison Square Garden. This game was back and forth with everybody on the Knicks team who needed to go off, going off, having great games, and you were still in it with six to four minutes left in the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden the Knicks went on a run and closed you out. But you were without your best player that is returning, I'm pretty sure, for the next game. I don't think he'll sit out again. But uh, And as of an hour ago, Jimmy Butler says he is going to return for game three. So, yeah, I would be shocked, shocked if in Miami uh, for the next two games, the Heat don't win by 10 plus points. Like, I just think, I just think what is happening with this Heat team is really a testament to their culture and good coaching with Eric Spolstra. But yeah. This just looks like a team playing really well together. And then when you get the conductor of, you know, the 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 tide that rises all ships is Jimmy Butler. He just makes everybody play better for reasons that are not understandable to anybody who watches basketball. Because he's a likable people, guy. People want to play hard for him. Yeah. And I just listened to uh, this great... Oh, man, I wish I could remember the podcast, but it was this clip of uh, his former teammate talking about when he was on the Timberwolves and he wanted to get traded. And he went, they were having practice and he showed up late to practice. He had cut the Timberwolves logo off of every piece of his clothing. So he literally just was wearing clothes with the logo of the Timberwolves cut out. He told the coach... (laughs) he would beat all the first stringers with the third stringers. So the coach was like, okay, like bet, like do it. And then Jimmy Butler proceeded to beat all the first stringers with the third stringers, told the coach and all the starters they were garbage, left the building, and then was on ESPN an hour later doing an interview that was pre-recorded. He'd recorded it before he did this talking about how he destroyed the Memphis starters with the third stringers. And that's why he was requesting to trade. Like that's just, that's why I love him. That's why he's my favorite player. Just Do what a pre-recorded is. Move. Yeah. Pre-recorded <laughs> is, is <laughs> that's great. Like he was that confident he could beat the first stringers with just guys that weren't even going to make the team that he pre-recorded him saying he did it. And then he did it. Like that's <laughs> baller move. See, if baller you're going to if you're that's that's something that I've always respected with any athlete. I'm not I'm not big on athletes being um like talking trash this and that and and you know pump themselves up. I'm sure that you know that's to help them get through the game, stay motivated, fine. 
but you got to back it up. If you're going to be a complete douche, you got to back it up. <laughs> and I love that move. That's that's such a that's such a baller move that you know you could back up. Because if you didn't back that up and that leaked, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, also, like just, if you didn't that would have been back awful that, for him. If he would have went out there and just got annihilated and then the interview got released, then it would have been like his player, his player, the players and coaches could have been like, no, he didn't. And then like all that kind of stuff. But the funny thing is he did it. And the coach and the players were like, we can't even dispute this. Like, which even makes <laughs> the legend of Jimmy Butler just grow more and more, which also for my birthday, my wife knows Jimmy Butler is my favorite player. Right. So she got me a Jimmy Butler Jersey, but for the heat, not for when he played for the Sixers. Obviously, my team is the Sixers. We'll talk about them in a minute. But the jersey looks so nice, and I love Jimmy Butler so much. I'm just going to keep it. I'm not even going <laughs> to have her return it. I just like Jimmy Butler that much that, I mean, I'll never wear it in public because I'm not a Heat fan, but I'll wear it around the house. I'll wear it during Heat games as long as they're not playing the Sixers. That's how much I love Jimmy Butler. Now let's talk about Jimmy Butler's former team, my current team, Casito, the team that shocked the world by winning game one in Boston off playoff Harden. And then everybody <laughs> on the Sixers woke up from that dream they had where James Harden actually showed up. During the playoffs. <laughs> and then they had what many people, including myself, thought this series would look like, which is, uh, oh, you know, just James Harden playing 32 minutes, going 12 points, 10 rebounds, four assists. Uh, Maxi, the hero, the the secondary, the Robin to Harden's Batman in game one, he goes 13, three and three in 30 minutes. And then a returning Joel Embiid goes 15 points, three rebounds, zero assists uh, in 27 minutes. So, and then the Celtics, this is my concern about this game. So obviously the Celtics blew out the Sixers by almost 30 points, 40 points. The score was 121 to 87. Uh, my issue with this game is the Celtics didn't even play a good game. None of their stars showed up on either team. And the Celtics still won by 30 points, 30 plus points. Tatum was seven 7.7 rebounds, three assists. Uh, Brown went for 25 points, and then Marcus Smart only went for 15. So how the fuck, if you're the Sixers, do you lose this game by, at certain points, it looked like it was going to be a 40-point blowout. How do you blow a 40-point blowout when none of the Celtic stars or players even play good? Like this, the highest scoring person was Brown with 25 and then Brogdon with 23. Everybody oh, no, else, man. the highest was 15. Like, how does this happen, Casino? No idea. Oh, I mean, it's I so I wasn't watching that game. Um, we had uh, I had trivia at my, my place of work, so I really wasn't watching it. Um, we actually didn't have it on and i was all of a sudden i just like checked my phone and i was i was blown away that the score was what it was i was just like oh oh okay yeah okay and and the crazy thing is 
and I'll tell you how they did it, is Celtics had more assists. The block, steals, turnovers, points in the paint are almost all even. Both teams were fouled 17 times. The Sixers actually shot more free throws. But in 2023, and this has been uh, accurate for a long time in the NBA, it's whoever is hot that night from three. So for three-pointers, the Sixers were six for 30. And again, they just kept attempting three-pointers because they were down so much, which I don't disagree with the strategy, but maybe if it's not your night, it's not your night, you try to beat them in the paint, okay? But because, again, you lost by two points in the paint, 34 to 36. But the Celtics from three-point line, they were almost 40%. They were 20 for 51, and then they shot – 12 more free throws and had a field goal percentage of almost 50%. So they were making half the shots they were shooting. Meanwhile, the Sixers were barely shooting 40%. So yeah, in the, in yeah. the NBA, like it's bad in college when a team doesn't, you know, get above 40%. But when you're in the NBA and you're below 40%, that's bad. Like college ball, like you could get away with it sometimes, you know, yeah, both teams well, are shitty, you know, College ball, typically, in my opinion, they live anywhere from thirty to forty percent. Like some shoot a little bit more, but in in NBA, under forty percent is abysmal. If you are not well, shooting close to fifty, is you you have to. At least that's what well, I've noticed. Yeah. Well, not only that, but to shoot under forty percent when you have two MVPs on your offense, like. Joel Embiid kind of buried the lead of him winning his first MVP, one of four Sixers in NBA history to win MVP. Congrats to him, but it was announced, what, the night before this game, and then he comes out here. We knew, we, as in people who watch basketball, fans of the Sixers, that his return game was going to be rough, right? So I don't even put this so much on him. Because he did miss a couple games. He's been out a little rusty. You're playing in Boston. Blah, 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 blah. All the excuses are there for him. There's no excuses here for Harden or for Maxi or even Tobias Harris. Like, I don't get what I don't get what this team even was during this game. And like I said, the Celtics for two games in a row haven't even played good. Like, this wasn't a good Celtics game. So now this series goes back to, or it goes to, for the first time, Philadelphia for, I believe, on tonight. And then Sunday are both Philadelphia games. So if the Sixers don't, I'm literally saying this right now, because, you know, I'm calling my shot. If the Sixers don't win both mm-hmm. these games, and I don't care if they're blowouts, I don't care if they're last second victories, if they scrape by. If they do not win both these games in Philadelphia, they are losing this series. I really feel that as a Sixers fan. This is not me reversing. Well, yeah, they would be down three. They would be down three one, of course. Yeah. Well, I'm saying even if they only win one, I'm saying yeah. if they go back into Boston tied two two, I don't think they win this series. They need to win both these games to even have a shot of going to the next round. But as a Sixers fan, I want them to beat the Celtics because I hate the Celtics and they're my team, right? But 
I don't going into this series. I told you, I didn't think the Sixers could beat the Celtics. Cause I just think the Celtics are a better team from a basketball fans perspective. I also kind of want to see the heat Celtics in an Eastern conference final because of how dominant the heat have been against the Celtics this season. Like, can you even imagine if the Celtics or the Sixers get to the NBA finals? It's like, yeah, obviously they were one of the top five best teams all year. Right. If this Miami heat team gets to the finals in the East after beating the bucks and then after beating uh, the Knicks and Celtics, like, what are we what would even be even, the even if it was the 76ers and not the Celtics like even if it was that that if they make the NBA finals whichever road that may you know however they get their Sixers or the Celtics um after beating the Knicks like that is everybody in Miami that's a basketball fan should get on their hands and knees and like yes hi Jimmy Butler <laughs> how's it going <laughs> oh i mean <laughs> God, as a as a basketball fan, I obviously want my Sixers to go to the finals. I do I think they will? No, because I think game 1 was an outlier and not the rule like the inconsistent, not the consistent of what Harden is in the playoffs, but and I just think the Celtics are a better team, but when it comes to the Heat, like throw your hands up. I don't even I don't know what to make of that team. I don't know what they are and they just keep winning and then even when they're playing all these free agents they sign. They're going shot for shot. There's guys you've never heard of hitting contested threes in Madison Square Garden against a and full I, health. And as I said like a little earlier was I think Jimmy Butler makes players better because he is a positive influence. He's not trying to like, yes, he is the guy and he's trying to be the guy in quotations, but he's not, he's such a team guy. He wants to win. And yeah, I think the rest of that team feeds off of him. And it's like, Hey, he believes in us. He's not just saying like, Hey, hit the shot or else like it's yeah. Hey, well, also hit the shot. The, Cause if we're going to talk Jimmy about Butler said, I can <laughs> if we're going to talk about good coaching, maybe the best coach left in the playoffs is Eric Spolstra. And he clearly outcoached Coach Bud in the first round, outcoached him so much that the Bucks organization was like, we need to fire this guy because of how much he just got outcoached. And then he is, uh, uh, I think he would outcoach, he's outcoaching the Knicks right now because they're going toe to toe with third stringers and then I think he would out coach Doc Rivers who I have no faith in especially in the playoffs because he's the most he's the coach with the most blown 3-1 leads which is all coaching like that does not happen with a good coach so I've never been a fan so, of so it's Doc funny Rivers. that you it's just funny that you say that because uh, my co-worker who doesn't care about the NBA at all it's not that he doesn't like basketball he just doesn't follow it at all and uh, he looked up and he goes, you know, that Doc, Doc Rivers, that coach is still coaching. And yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we can get on this tangent in uh, a future episode, but he won one yeah, we're championship. Already short on time. Yeah. He won one championship with a 2008 super team and then never has gotten close again, even with said super team. Like, the 
I don't know. I've just never been, I've never just, he also just does shit in a game where you're like, why are you doing this? I don't know. I would take, I'd take him over Bruce Brown, who used to be the Sixers coach, but not many others, not many others. Now, Casino, let's move on to what we had not one, but two games since we last recorded, which was the Lakers and Golden State, both first round games taking place in uh, the Golden State Arena. The f- game one, we had the Lakers beat the Warriors 117 to 112 by just an absolutely dominant Anthony Davis game. He Monster played game. 44 minutes, 30 points, 23 rebounds, yeah. 23 rebounds, and That's, five assists. So I he's mean, playing like then, everybody expected him to play when they pulled him over into L.A. He's yeah. finally doing that. And that's why I really think that, in my opinion, I'm calling this is my shot. Obviously, Celtics are a little biased, but I still think they're a great team. Um, I'm I'm saying Celtics, Lakers, it's going back to the old days. I'm rooting for that. I want to <laughs> see Celtics, Lakers, even though I can't stand LeBron. I don't really care about Anthony Davis, but I'm glad he's playing good for them right now. Like he's, you know, actually doing what they hired him to do. Uh but yeah, no, monster game monster game i watched every every bit of that game again lakers fans just come out of the woodworks apparently in this town and they just showed up at my bar and it was just like oh hi yeah upstairs (laughs) i i I got stuff going on down here had a little event going down there i was like back room got the sound on for you it's on the big tv and you just hear yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's like all right i will tell you and then as soon as they as soon as the game was over, it was poof. Five minutes, they were all closed out, gone. It was like, okay, all right, yeah. go back to your holes. Enjoy. <laughs> I will say in this town, because we obviously record of uh, where we live, which is in Vegas, uh, a lot, and I mean a lot of Lakers fans, but also a lot of Warriors fans. I have a real good mix of both, and you see a lot, a lot of Warriors paraphernalia you've never seen before until they started winning titles well i mean yeah but that's with i mean that's with any sport how many patriots fans do you know who don't know anything about the patriots before 2001 like probably a lot (laughs) yeah i was one of them because i was uh, 10 years old so (laughs) yeah i've always i knew i liked them but i didn't know shit about them (laughs) patriots poser Patriots poser. Definitely not a uh, Patriots poser. Fuck. I knew they were my team. They were my team. I just didn't know anything about them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but getting back to Lakers, Warriors. So this game, uh, LeBron had a pretty, pretty average game, especially if you're LeBron James. He had 22 and 11. And we're obviously talking about game one. But the Warriors, uh, Looney also showed up with 23 rebounds, 10 points, five assists. So he matched Davis in terms of rebounds, which uh, we'll get to game two where Draymond Green shut him down. But as far as game one, Steph Curry had 27 points. Clay Thompson had 25. Poole had 21. But it was all defense from the Lakers. They were just able to shut down the uh golden state warriors and they had an off night shooting they were 21 for 53 which sounds like a lot but just think they're missing 
what is that, 32 three-pointers, and with Anthony Davis getting 23 rebounds, most of those, from what I remember watching, was defensive rebounds, so they're taking the ball away from Golden State and bringing it back down the floor. Uh, Also, the, what was it? Oh, the points in the paint. I mean, the Lakers absolutely dominated in the paint, 54 to only 28 from the Warriors. Uh, The Lakers also had 10 blocks with the Golden State Warriors only having three. Uh, But yeah, defensive rebounds of the 53 the Lakers had, 40 of them, 40 of them were defensive rebounds. So that's anything. You're not going to win that game. When you are bricking or missing 32 three-pointers, and of those 33, uh, what, 30 of them, the Lakers are getting back because they're just murdering you on the boards, even though you both had uh, 23 rebounds. But, yeah, I mean, just a great defensive performance, especially in the paint, and then Anthony Davis proving that this isn't, the so the issues with the Lakers have been and why they won the 2020 NBA championship is this is Anthony Davis's team with the best player on it, right? People with the best player on it having Le- being LeBron James. The best player, maybe debatably in NBA history, is on your team, but the player at his peak right now is Anthony Davis. So right. a lot of people have healthy. been saying, Yeah. A lot of people have been saying this is not similar to play style, but similar personnel-wise to when the Lakers had Magic Johnson, but their all-star was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and it was one of those things where, you know, you have the new, younger guy who's clearly the better player, but then you have the best player on your team is the older guy who's kind of lost a step, maybe can, can't can take over games as much as he used to. So the younger guy and the older guy kind of have to build each other up, right, to get to where they need to go. And so that's why since the NBA championship year for the Lakers, which was 2020, in these three years, it's been LeBron James continually and – uh emphatically kind of trying to hand the reins over to Anthony Davis. The only issue is now let's segue into game two. Anthony Davis is maybe the least consistent superstar in the NBA because he has that monster performance, right? 100% the reason they won both defensively, offensively, he destroyed Golden State. So then Golden State has Steve Kerr, has Steph Curry, has Klay Thompson, has most importantly Draymond Green in the paint. They make these adjustments. They come out game two and they hold, uh, what is it? They hold Anthony Davis in 33 minutes to 11 points, seven rebounds, four assists. I mean, that's the, the adjustments that Golden State uh, always manages how to make is why they're a dynasty and Draymond Green. This was the Draymond Green game because you look at his stats and it's 11 points, 11 rebounds, nine assists. So he almost had a, a triple double. But what he did defensively was like some of the best NBA defense you're ever going to see. I watched this game uh, once last night and then I watched 
the last two quarters of it this morning again. And Draymond Green, the stuff he was doing on the perimeter, and then he was like shut, he was still shutting Anthony Davis down under the rim was masterful. Like, this is why he's still on a team. This is one of those games where if he's not with Golden State, next year he's going to be with probably another contender because they're going to be like, look what he can do in the playoffs if we get there, right? He can be our best defensive player and then still almost get a triple-double. But also last night was the Clay Thompson game. He had 30 points, three rebounds, one assist. And then Steph Curry, 24 and 12. The 12 was assist. So they the Lakers almost doubled Curry, I want to say the entire game. It always looked like, even on fast breaks, he would have two guys stopping him at the uh, at the three point line. They would try to set a screen for him, but you can't do a screen against two defenders, so he would have to dish the rock pretty much every time. But yeah, great Steph Curry game in terms of what else he can do, which is assist and get other folks wide open. And again, I think the Warriors win this series because if you're going to double Steph Curry. You're going to have a great Jordan Poole game. You're going to have a great Klay Thompson game. You're going to have a great Draymond Green game. So two of those are going to be offensive. One is going to be defensive. And then when you let up, that's when you have the Steph Curry game. So I feel like in this series, we've already had the Anthony Davis game. Will we have another one? Maybe, but still that's two. Then you're going to have the LeBron James game, right? So that's three. Could we have another one from him? Maybe. So on the Lakers side of it, you've already had the Anthony Davis game. So in the next, they just played two games. So in the next five games, you need to have another Anthony Davis game and two LeBron James games. Is that possible? Yeah, probably. But logistics and logically, do you think, those are more likely, or do you think it's more likely to have a Steph Curry game, a uh, Clay Thompson game, a Jordan Poole Steph Curry game, a Jordan Poole Clay Thompson game? Like, there's too many variables on the Golden State Warriors side where it's like you're on mute casino. Uh, yeah, pairs. Yeah, like we're, we're there. There's you're right, there's too many variables. There's uh. I think it's going to be tough for them. Anthony Davis is going to have to be good all series. Mm-hmm. Just going to have to be. He's going to have to find a way. And since 2020, he's really never shown in the playoffs or in the regular season that he can string together consistent games. Right? A the series. end of this season. Series. Yeah. He went on a tear for like 10 games and you're like, oh my God, Anthony Davis is back. And then he came into the playoffs and this is like one of the first great games he's had in the playoffs they've already played in a play-in game where he did nothing they had a first round matchup where most of those games he did nothing like I don't know I just think this is who Anthony Davis is if you're in a seven game series you can count on him to maybe have one great game and two good games well I don't think that's going to be enough to get it done against the Warriors especially with last note on this is LeBron James When he plays the Golden State Warriors, there's clearly a rivalry with Steph Curry, 
right? Like they've had this rivalry their entire life. The entire ESPN broadcast of this game is literally LeBron versus Steph. And they do the whole montage and the different photos and videos of these two versing each other, right? So that has somehow seeped into the mind of LeBron James in the form of, well, everybody thinks Steph Curry's a better three-point shooter than me. So that means this is is me just nonstop jacking up three points or three-point shots. But LeBron James has never been a good, I wouldn't even say, He's never been a great. I wouldn't even say he's been a good, good. three-point shooter. Yeah. So now when he is past his prime, right? He's still a great player, but definitely past his prime. He still can drive down the lane, go through three guys, and do a layup and get fouled, right? That's the three-point game stick that to LeBron your, needs Stick to, to your bread and butter. Yeah. But you're now, big, you're a physical guy. They're going to foul you. Exactly. And we saw it at the end of the first game when this game was nobody, tied. Nobody's He's going to be better than Steph Curry is going to go down as the greatest three-point shooter of all time by the end of his career. He probably already is. He probably, he probably I mean, already is going down yes. as the best one. Yeah. I, right. I mean, it, but for any debate purposes, by the end of his career, there's going to be no debate. Yeah. No, no, I agree. But in this game, it was like at one point, I think if I remember right, I can't pull it up here, but if I remember right, LeBron James was like one for eight from three points. And it's just like, whenever he plays the Warriors, you always notice he just pulls up at three and they kind of let him take the shot because odds are he's going to be a 10% uh, three point shooter. Like, he hits, he has hit, and he can hit very clutch threes. But when it's like the so second the majority, quarter in the game's it's, tied, it's funny you say that because I was going to say the majority of the time, though, he always dishes it for that last second three. He doesn't want to mm-hmm. take him. He knows he's not the best three-point shooter. And that's something that I have an issue with LeBron is why can't you just be good at what you do and let somebody else be the master at something? Like, you got to be the best at everything? I mean, sure, that's your mindset. Sure, you know warrior mentality you know trying to be the best of the best of the best but it's not gonna always happen that way man like put your team in front of you do what you do best and you let the other people do the threes yeah i mean and well and russell's been having every time i look up and and there's a three-point shot by la it's russell shooting a three and it's making it yeah well and reeves reeves is a better three-point shooter uh, D'Angelo Russell's a better three-point shooter. Uh, but last night, like most, like we were talking about uh, in the last uh, couple games we talked about, some nights you have it, some nights you don't. Last night, oh, the nice. Lakers, 10, for th- 10 of 34 from three-point. That's 29%. Uh, juxtaposed to the Warriors, 21 for 52, or 21 for 42, they were at 50% from three-point. So... When you have a 20% disparity in three-point shooting percentage, like there's no way you're going to win that game. And this game, the ironic thing was this game was really close in the first quarter and halfway through the second quarter. And then something happened in the second quarter where the Warriors went on like a 10-point run. And then it was like the third period, oh, they're up by 20. Fourth period, they're up by 30. And then all of a sudden there's – Eight minutes left in the game, and both teams have pulled all their starters. And then it's just like you're watching 
players you've never seen before playing in a Lakers Warriors playoff game. Like this game was over almost with a full 10 minutes left in the fourth. Like, do I think this happens again? I don't think the Warriors blow them out, especially in LA, but I really do think this series ends for two Warriors. I just don't see how the Lakers can keep up offensively. Defensively, I think they're great, but I don't think they can stop or put up enough points to beat the Golden State Warriors. So at the moment, Casino, I think it's really going to be Celtics heat in the Eastern Conference and then Warriors uh, nuggets in the Western Conference. So if the NBA playoffs are nuggets heat, like who the fuck would have saw that coming? Definitely nuggets, but heat, no way. Uh, all right. Do you think? Do you, if it was Nuggets heat, do you think that their the finals would have more views or less views? Oh my god, way less, way less. I mean, if you like, well, think, I mean, but wouldn't some people just? Would you think some people? Hey, something new. Let's check it out. Or you'd be like, NBA fans are just like salty. Ah, my team's not it. Fuck it. No, I think it's even simpler than that. So the possible matchups right now in the finals would either be a New York team, a Philadelphia team, a Boston team, the uh, Los Angeles team, the Golden State Warriors, or it would be either the Phoenix Suns or the Denver Nuggets. So of the New York team, the Boston, the Philadelphia, the Los Angeles team, if all of those markets had a shot and it ended up being Denver and Miami, like the NBA would have to be like, fuck, we, we could have had, like you're saying, we could have fucking had Lakers Celtics. Instead we get fucking Denver, Miami, like, ugh. and I think the <laughs> Miami heat have fans, but when it comes to Denver, I don't think any Denver's the number one seed. They are two and O in the playoffs. They're the least talked about team left in the playoffs. And they're probably the best. No one gives a single fuck about the Nuggets. I know because I, I'm an NBA fan. I don't give a single fuck about the Nuggets. Hey, and 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 to touch onto that, the Jokic did not win the MVP. Your man Joel Embiid won the MVP. Yeah, yeah. So now you can't even say you can say two-time MVP, but you can't say reigning MVP. So. Right. I think basketball <laughs> fans obviously love Jokic. I don't think basketball fans really give a fuck about the Nuggets because it's the Nugget. Like, who gives a shit about the Nuggets? I, uh, I like chicken nuggets. I mean, if it was the Denver chicken nuggets, they would probably get better, better coverage. But <laughs> all right, Casino. I've ranted long enough about the NBA. Oh, yeah. Now – now let's dive over you're giving, to the you're NHL. You're giving me 20 which, minutes tops on my <laughs> NHL. All which to... for the NHL, I actually did watch all these games. I recorded oh, them and I well watched done. every single one of them. Yes. Well done. Even if it wasn't like full attention span. Proud of you. Proud of you. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, so it started off. Let's just move over to that super hot team that did be, end up beating Boston. So uh, the first right series. So hot right now. Uh, the first series of round two you had on Tuesday night. Sorry, I'm gonna, I have all my notes written down, but also backup notes pulled up. Um, Panthers versus the Maple Leafs. And everybody's like, oh, it's been 19 years since the Maple Leafs got out of the first round. 
Well, they finally did it. Guess what? I don't see them winning <laughs> this series. Oh, you want to know why? It's because they're down 2-0 in this series against the just wily, wily Florida Panthers. So is watching this, watching this series, like with hockey team, you know how teams always get streaky, but in hockey, it can really be momentum and in hockey is just something on a different level. Like you have it in basketball and football and you're like momentum swings in hockey. It is clear as day. Like you kill a penalty, you go, all right, I expect the next 10 minutes. We're just going to be heavy, heavy, heavy on the four check shooting opportunities. That's what's going to happen. And the Panthers are just rolling. I was absolutely say, rolling. I just said, I watched all these games, both Maple Leaf, uh Panthers games I watched compared to all the other games the Panthers just look like the best team left in these playoffs and I want that's the question I want to ask you Casino is the Panthers have they emerged as the best team in these playoffs no who do you think is the best team um left? my opinion um the three best teams are the Hurricanes, the Knights, and the Oilers. And I will get into Ooh. why um, as I do this. Ooh. Panthers, they're doing great. Now, I like what they're doing. I want to see more. I just don't know if they could sane against the Hurricanes. Hurricanes are absolutely – they got game two tonight, but we'll get into that game. Uh, so, game one, Panthers, um, Toronto, Maple Leafs. I'm cheering for the Florida Panthers. I can't believe I'm cheering for a Florida team. I mean, I am cheering for the Heat. Go Heat. But um, – <laughs> Why are you going against my Maple Leafs casino? Oh, that's right. Notice the color of my shirt. Go on. Why? Just because I love the misery. Again, I love the misery of the Maple Leafs. Not not winning a cup since 67. And I really just want to continue to see this happen. I mean, they got out of the first round after 19 years. Who? They may have a shot. But no, the Florida Panthers are crushing it. Um, Matthew Tuchuk, he had three assists. In 20 minutes worth of ice time, he wasn't out there uh, scoring goals, but he had a lot of ice time. He's making the assists. He's drawing up the plays. Um, Bennett, Cousins, and uh, uh, Verhage, they are the ones that scored, uh, as well as one of their defensemen, uh, Montour. But the two players that you want to see, Alexander Barkov and Matthew Tuchuk, those are, in my opinion, two of the best players on the team for uh, uh, for why am I playing him? Florida Panthers. Panthers. Oh, and Sam Reinhart was, was good, but he didn't have a good game that game, but um, they had five assists between uh, Barkev and Matthew Kachuk. So I like what they're doing. They're passing it. They're fast. Uh, but in my opinion, the big story of this Panthers team is their goalie in uh, uh, Bravosky. Um, just phenomenal. He had a good game in game one. Game two, when I get into it here in a minute, absolutely insane. Um, you need more from Austin Matthews on Toronto. They just look like they're not being able to adjust from what I've seen in the first two games against the Florida Panthers. They're not They're not changing their style. They're not adjusting. They're not trying to get better chances. Um, yes, like I said, they're, they're stopping Austin Matthews who was the, the leading scorer in the league a couple of years ago. Um, they only left him with, he only had one assist in 24 minutes worth of ice time, which is a shit ton. Um, <laughs> with, he had six shots, 
but the sad story was uh, Mitch Marner, 25 minutes of ice time, only one shot on goal. Need more production from here. Um, and then Nylander had seven shots in 19 minutes of ice time. So they're getting some shots. They're, they're putting a lot of shots on them. Um, they, shot, they had 36 shots in that first game against uh, Bobrovsky, and they only got two by him. The, the goalie is, at least in this series, is the standing point of of, of the team, of the Florida Panthers. Um, because uh, Samsonov, the Toronto goalie, he did fine. Um, he stopped uh, – not he didn't really actually do that great. He was 28, <laughs> 28 shots, and he let 20 uh, – and he saved 24 of them. Need to be a little bit better, especially if you want to get past a team that just beat the Boston Bruins in – like I said, three of those games uh, that they won were in Boston and OT, and they just found ways to win. You need to be better at goal. You need to have a game. You need to win, especially now, um, doing both of these in Toronto. <laughs> in Toronto, you need to – you have to win. You, you, just, you just have to win two on the road. You have Florida. to win so ESPN can show the misery to casinos so he can jerk off later to it. That's why they no, need no, the to win. Pan- in no, Toronto. No. no, they already won two in Toronto. The Panthers won two in Toronto. I'm oh, saying now they're going back to Florida. Saying. I'm saying yeah. Toronto has to win two now in Florida um, if they want even a shot. So uh, Samson, yeah, he you've has already, to really work off to them, them losing two. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. The wife went to bed. Um, there was a, a group of just looked like a family. It was like a grandma, dad, and like <laughs> um, two kids. It was like a three generational thing that they showed up there, and you just see the grandma go, "Well, it, like you could, I could read her lips, just like that's all she said was well, just well." And you remember that, it so vividly because that's what made you come. Yeah, was her going well, <laughs> but one hundred percent. No, but I just I loved it because obviously she's the oldest. She's she's dealt with this misery for many for many 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 moons. Um, and all these other, all the younger generations are just trying to be as hopeful as they can. And she just looks down at everybody because she was sitting in the row behind him and just goes, well, and I was just like, oh, <laughs> this is fantastic. So that was after game two uh, when Bobrovsky just stood on his head. Um, so if we'll, you know what, um, I'll just get into that. So we'll just jump into that game. Um, so game two against them uh, in this series absolute thriller i had thursday night off all i was doing i just sat on sat on the couch i was watching hockey i made dinner and i did all the fun stuff um but maple leaves they looked like the better team they were the better team in this game they won 60 68.5 of their face off 68 percent of the face-offs which is a large margin um very brutal game it was uh 48 hits to 42 hits like this in the first round, it was the Knights. Um, it was the Knights and uh, why am I blanking? Who do they? Just the Jets. The oh. no, the Jets. Uh, the, another Canadian team. Um, that was the the most physical round one game, uh, round one series. When you chalk it up to hits and not cheap hits, because there was cheaper hits in in other series, but the most hits and the most physical game was that series. Well, the Panthers Maple Leafs is just an absolute buster of of just hits they're just constantly beating the shit out of each other um and maple leaves they they only had one penalty um against them and panthers had three so the maple leaves had chances they had power plays to score but bobrovsky went 
37 saves uh he led into but what you the saves that he was making was just outrageous just top tier he's stolen that game and i like i was watching the or watching it and listening to the announcers talking about it as all the players were going by you know and like you know patting their goalie in the head saying good job good job like the excitement that they were having like they're not just going up like tapping his head like hey good game we won awesome where we did it as a team they're like shaking him and like smacking his head around like concussion protocol style um <laughs> on like dude you just won us this game you stole us this game um he looked absolutely absolutely fantastic um samson he didn't have the greatest game um again so i'm wondering if they're gonna do another because he let in three on 29 shots i'm gonna wonder if they're gonna be switching that up a little bit um again i need to see more from marner i need to see more from austin matthews they are shutting them down um they each had both of those guys in uh kneelander the three that i talked about in the first game they each had six shots um marner had almost 25 minutes matthews had over 25 minutes worth of ice time so they're playing top lines heavy and they're still not getting the production that they need so is it worry time in toronto i think so i think toronto's done i think they're done so i i I would be shocked if they won two i could see them winning one on the road but a 3-1 series i mean hey you you saw it in boston the panthers it could happen then the maple leafs could come back and win now the maple leafs did actually do that to um the lightning so we'll see how that goes but i just like the fight of the panthers over the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. The Toronto Maple Leafs doesn't look like they've adjusted anyway in the first two games on to be able to stop um to stop this team. And I really wonder I really wonder if it's just Bobrovsky playing out of his mind. But uh I, I really don't think that's the case. Uh Tuchuk had a goal. Bar uh Barkov he or he had an assist. Barkov had the goal. So their top players are producing and the top players for Maple Leafs are not. So I'm worried for them. But you think regardless of who advances through this, you think either if the Panthers or Maple Leafs played the Hurricanes in the next round, you think the Hurricanes kill them? You think sweep or? Uh, I wouldn't say sweep. No, I wouldn't say sweep. Um, I wouldn't say sweep, but I have the Canes coming out of the East. I've had the Canes to pick to win the Stanley Cup this year. I like their team. They're deep. They're fast. Uh, I like what I'm seeing from them. That's that's where I'm at with them. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, let's move on to the next series. Let's get over a little bit into um, what was going on Wednesday night. Oh, uh, no, no. Um, I'll finish Tuesday. We still had a great series between Seattle and um, Dallas. Uh, that one was fun. Went into OT. It was high scoring. It was 5-4. to four. Seattle ended up winning. Um the shots on goal for Seattle. This is why I told people I'm scared of them. They are a high scoring offense. They shoot a lot of goals uh, or shoot, shoot a lot of pucks. Um, they had 44 on target shots on goal. So just imagine how many more shots they had. They probably had roughly around 65 roughly shots. Just, you know, that got shot uh, blocked or something like that because they did not block a lot of shots. Uh, Dallas, um, if I saw this, the score right here. Um, yeah, their, their blocks, uh, 21. No, Dallas actually had a decent amount. Um, but 
Seattle looked fast. This game is this Jesus. series. I can see this this series. I can see going up to seven. Um, like you were talking about, the Kraken had forty-seven shots to Dallas only nineteen. Jesus. Um, in game one. Yes. No, it, it was forty-four shots on goal versus no. thirty-five Sorry, shots. That was on game goal. two. Game two. Yeah. But all right, keep going. Anyway, but yeah, no, Seattle went into overtime. It was big in the overtime. They had more shots. They had 10. 10 to Dallas was four. And really, Dallas didn't have an answer besides Joe Pavelski. I can't stand him. He played with the Sharks for years. <laughs> so that year that the Knights lost, um, and they lost to the Sharks in that first round where it was the five-minute major, ended up scoring four goals on four shots. Marc-Andre Fleury, I don't care what kind of goal you are, what kind of penalty is, major or not, you can't let four goals on four shots. You just can't. So that was PTSD from back in the day. But Joel Pavelski, Mr. Glassjaw, who got knocked down the first round and ended up coming back for this series, put up four goals in that game one. He was the best player. Nobody could touch him. Uh, Max Domi, he had a he had three assists, so he was up there on that line with Pavelski doing what he needed to do. But Joe Pavelski, four goals, fantastic game for him, um, especially coming back off of injury. But Seattle's fast. Um, yeah, Seattle's, and there really wasn't too many penalties. Seattle had three power plays. Dallas had two power plays in playoff hockey. That's about right around average. Um, but Seattle looked fast, high shooting, high scoring. Um, yeah. And then, um, they had a a game two. Moving on, moving on. They did have game two last night. Um, I watched some of this. I was kind of also hanging out with the family at that point. But you're right. So Dallas ended up winning this game, and Dallas had 37 shots on goal, and Seattle had 27. So they had more shots going for them. They looked like the better team. They answered really well. Uh, Pete DeBoer, their coach, really did a good job at making adjustments, line changes, stuff like that. Um, So I'm excited for this series because I know what Seattle can do, and that's why they've always scared me. Um, if the Knights can get past the Oilers, this is who they would end up playing. Um, yeah, so we'll see you there. I got like five minutes. I got to wrap this up <laughs> because you talk forever on NBA. Um, so the Jersey's Hurricanes ended up 5-1. What else do you want to do? They pulled, uh, the, the Devils pulled their goal. They pulled Schmidt, um, Akina Schmidt, and then they put in, uh, uh, who let in three goals on 11 shots. And they put in uh, Vanek, uh, Vanek, I can never say his name. Vidic, yeah, that guy. Um, but he's they started their backup and they ended up putting in the guy that's had the better record for the season. Um, and he only let in one on 11 shots. I don't think that would have changed the tides at all. Um, low scoring or low, uh, oh, blah, blah, blah. um, low shots on goal for, for the series or for that game just for both teams. Um, so yeah, that game or that series, I'm not really too worried about. I think the devils have a good chance to lose in five, six for sure. Um, but moving on to the golden Knights with four minutes to go. This was a fun fucking game. Yeah. Again, not being because I'm a Knights fan. This was one of the matchups. I want like everybody wanted because it ended one, two in the regular, in the regular season. Uh, in the West, everybody wanted to see this happen, and boy, was it a good game! And it was exactly what you expected. It was 
the power play with their best player. Um, yes, Connor McDavid is the best player in, in the league, but Dreisaitl is playing the best in the latter half of the season and in the playoffs by far. And he had a, it was like almost a mirror image of the Seattle game. Uh, the first Seattle game with Dallas where Dreisaitl had all four of their goals. Dreisaitl just played absolutely out of his mind. He had two goals on the power play just, and and they got a power play with like a minute to go in, like a minute to into the game. They got a power play. Uh, Oilers did. And I just was like, put my head down. I was like, well, shit, here we go. <laughs> I'd be shocked if they don't hit this. Of course, what do they do? They score. Um, so, the Oilers are still continuing this massive, massive uh, power play percentage going into this series, going into our series now against them. Um, but what I really liked about Vegas is why I think Vegas is a scary team and people don't look at it is they have depth. They had 11 guys, 11 players with points. That's either a goal or an assist. They, yes, it, it ended up being six goals, but they played absolutely phenomenal team effort. They blocked 23 shots. Again, they're the best blocking team in the league. They have three in the top seven. One and two are on the Knights as well in block shots for the league. Um, I don't like that the Oilers out hit us by damn near double. Um, it was close to being double. It was 46 to 27. That's going to wear on them if the Knights can't answer back on hitting and slow their hitting production down a little bit more. Um I'm worried about that, uh, but it came out to exactly what we thought. Uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl, they had nine shots collectively, and it, it's just insane that Dreisaitl scored four goals on five shots. Why? Because he's Leon Dreisaitl playing the – he's the best hockey player in the league right now. Um, yeah. Go in in the playoffs that are still that are still playing, and he was good last year, and they – but he was injured coming off injury. So he wasn't at hundred percent. He's at hundred percent this year and he's not going to let it just go to the wayside. He's taking every opportunity he can and he is absolutely crushing it. Um, but the goalie situation for both goals, goalie, uh, both teams. I mean, the Oilers, their goalie, not too good. It's kind of some unknown names for the, um, for the sports world. <clears throat> um, let me get his name up here. And but do you think go that it. goalie being such a liability is why the Knights win this game? Even though Edmonton does shoot so much against, you know, this Golden a, Knights team? In a sense, yes. Um, uh, Skinner. There we go. Um, uh, Stuart Skinner. Leonard? Stuart Skinner. And he oh. had a decent year this year. He had 29, 14, and 5. Um, he got an above 90, 91% save percentage, which isn't bad at all. Um, but Laurent Bossois is just playing at a different level right now. He only played 10 games in the regular season because they were so injury riddled, but he's now at his peak performance. Um, in, in my opinion, he's been on the team for a few years now. I have never seen him play better than now. And that is a wonderful sign. And the four goals that he scored that were scored on him is against, it was Leon, Leon Dreisaitl. In on the two of them on the power play and going against the best power play team in the league with the best player in regular regular season and playoffs on the power play in dry sidle. I'm not, I'm not saying that he played bad at all. I thought he played a really good game. He 
he had um, 34. Uh, yeah, was it 34? No. Um, two shots on goal. Yeah, they, uh, no, we had 35. Uh, they 27 shots and he led in four. That's not the best save percentage. However, again, dry sidle power play. So take two of those away and you, two for 27. Still not great, but it's against a high scoring offense. So I really like how the Knights play and going against Skinner, they're such a fast team. They get caught on on breakaways like they 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 overextend and the knights are really good in transition and that's been their mo all year because they are a two-way team and this is why i think the knights are so dangerous is they are a deep two-way team and going against the best offense in the league they they showed why and the biggest story in my opinion coming out of this game was how they responded to the oilers every time they scored and every this is what makes them scary, in my opinion, going deep. And I really think the Knights can make the win the cup this year. They have a, a good chance Ooh. if they could get past the Oilers. Um, is they? I lost my train of thought. Train of thought here. Um, oh, they're answering. So both of those two power play goals done by Drysital, the Knights scored within like a minute and a half or less. Mm-hmm. And it was the same guy, Ian Barbashev, one of the transfers that the Knights got uh, at the trade deadline. So awesome for him. Um, that's where I'm going to have to wrap it up because I have to take my dog to an appointment. So I'm going to leave you. I got to get the kid up and get the dog in the car. So this has been the only sports podcast. I'm Will. That's Casino. We'll be back Monday uh, to recap what happens in the NBA, NHL, if anything happens in the NFL as well. Uh, Also, check out my Kickstarter, Imagination Issue Number 1, live on Kickstarter right now. I'll post the link in the description of this episode as well. But, yeah, adios. We'll see you next time.